0: Got all of our attachments and everything set. Me, me. Yep, I do.
1: Do I do? You do. I do.
0: Edie.
1: Edie. 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 Edie.
0: Edie. Edie. See so just a hint of sunlight glinting off of the blinds. The blinds. The
1: wooden blinds.
0: The wooden blinds, <laughs> Diane. That's the way that's happening nature is uh, cooperating with our uh, whole set design I, yes i submitted these plans some months ago
1: well i'm uh, glad that nature obeyed your orders
0: well the reason i think is that this is our 502nd episode
1: I was thinking about that. We didn't do anything special for the 500.
0: What, like we were supposed to do something special? (laughs) No. We just talk about doing something special and don't don't do it. That's the pattern that we're...
1: (laughs) That is the pattern. That is how
0: we're... That's how we do some celebrating around here.
1: That's true.
0: Talk about it and then don't do dinking. That's how we... uh, We uh, uh, say,
1: it's... 9.03
0: 9.03 a.m. Saturday, November the 25th, uh, 2023. I'm Bill.
1: I'm Diane. It's
0: the and Diane. Mm-hmm. It's you.
2: <laughs>
1: Aren't you proud of how well I follow your instructions?
0: What the instructions?
1: You're conducting of, conduct. our, oh, yes, it's of our theme a show. Magical dance. Song.
0: Always, it's just like a... You know, follow the yellow brick road experience as you well know, and uh, it's been kind of a follow the yellow brick road kind of week here <laughs> in uh, Lake Abundance. It's been uh, it's been challenging, uh, but not uh, with undue suffering, not uh, Paleolithic in any way, which is good. I'd rather not have a Paleolithic kind of week uh, here in Lake Abundance. Over to you.
1: <laughs> I thought that I was thinking about this morning. I was thinking, how would I describe this week? And I would have said, it was a week of frustration and gratitude. <laughs> yeah.
0: Um, Had yeah. some, you know, things kind of got thrown off course and yada, yada, but. All the corrections came, came together.
1: It did indeed. Yes.
0: And we had a lovely Thanksgiving and a strange and odd kind of Thanksgiving. And, the man, we scarfed. That's lovely. And we were thankful. I'm Quite still thankful. thankful.
1: Yes. Well, the week started off with we had a wonderful talk with... Uh, Bill and Bridget and our oh. Westminster Basement event right. um, and that was an interesting conversation because Bridget was going in for some surgery, uh, some minor surgery that she was dreading a bit and and I was talking about my radiation treatments and and you and I have discussed this before that we used to make fun of our grandparents for concentrating so much on their ills, but but that is what you're thinking about. That's what's happening, you know? man. And that's right.
0: That's, that's you know, exactly right. Like so the crest of the wave.
1: But uh, the radiation treatments this week were thrown off, uh, and that was the frustrating part of the week. From, we've been
0: we've been driving to northwest hospital yeah lovely drive down meridian street through the lovely fall foliage and yeah, it's about and it's, 15 20 minutes to get there and back
1: and it's also a beautiful campus when you think about it it's in a park like setting it's got trees all around yeah and i really had it, it's sort of like you you can have a home like feel when you're going to a place that uh, attends to you in that way that you have to go to every day, you know, you get to know the people you get to know the environment and, uh, and what you're supposed to be doing. Like I got to the point where I could just land on the table (coughs) without them having to do much positioning, which they do at the beginning. um, Because I got the feel of it, I knew where I needed to be. But on Monday of this week, I got a call from um, the hospital saying that their their radiation machine, the linear accelerator, was uh, not working. And they asked me whether I'd be able to come later in the day if they got it fixed. And I said, yeah, you know, just let us know. But you were at Positive Touch Medicine. I was
0: filling in for yeah Elizabeth, who was taking some Thanksgiving holiday time. So I was working at the office on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday.
1: Yeah, so I was thinking, well, you know, it'll be difficult, but let's see what we can do. And then uh, they called me later in the day and said, there isn't going to be, um, it's not going to be fixed by the end of the day. So we went the next day. I had gotten an email, the usual text, to tell me to go. And uh, and we went at our usual time at 8 o'clock. And, and I also, on Tuesdays, have a meeting with the, the uh, doctor, the radiation oncologist, just to see how I'm doing. So when I walked in, they said, Oh, didn't you get our message? We left a message that the the accelerator still down and um, and I said well if I could at least fulfill my appointment with the doctor and I did and when she came in uh, she told me really rapidly and she has a, a heavy accent so I wasn't quite sure but it sounded like she was saying that the machine was going to be down for longer than they anticipated and that we may have to uh do the sessions down in uh Southlake Union. And she asked me whether I would be able to take an appointment in the afternoon and I was thinking, oh man, you know, well, <laughs> I don't know. And the and as I was walking out to the car to report this to Bill, I was thinking this is uh it's so unexpected you know that that this is interrupted that my treatment is being interrupted and i can't not get the treatment now so when i got in the car and i told you the situation you said well you could drive me into work and you could take the car but i and this is the the thing that was so weird is that I don't feel comfortable driving downtown, and this is I had driven there once, when I was getting an MRI, and it was, uh, quite a challenge for me, uh, traffic wise, and and all the the ins and outs where you're supposed to go, and not having somebody navigate for you and everything, um, was really scary to me and especially having a treatment and going in for that so you had said well it's not that busy today and I will take you today but I won't be able to tomorrow and so that day was totally out of the routine in every way Uh, I had a conversation I was going to have with my dear friend Kathy Uh, we had scheduled it for around 10 and when I got home i was i was trying to <laughs> I was trying to put some grapes in the colander to wash them, and I pulled out the colander and a big our big blue bowl came out and smashed all over the the floor and I was just like, "Oh gee," and then I was late for my conversation with kathy, and that was uh she really settled me down because I told her how I was feeling like a child in some ways, like, you know, that I, that I was nervous about driving to the downtown appointment on my own. And because of that, I had to ask you to help me. And, um, and she admitted that she also, uh, really had issues with, Uh, driving downtown and that that she totally understood and for some reason that just mollified all of my anxiousness to hear that other people struggle with this too and um, and also when I talked to Kat later and told her about my circumstance she said she said the same she said I hate driving downtown and it is uh a challenge for it's a challenge because
0: a, everybody drives nuts downtown
1: well and also this where this is you have to go out you have to merge onto fairview avenue north which is a very odd street and um it's got
0: that intersection of mercer and fairview's always been challenging and they've redid it in yeah. the last 10 years and it's now it's more challenging
1: and it's got buses that
0: trolleys uh, trolleys trolleys.
1: and you're not supposed to be on the tracks of the trolleys and uh, it just is uh, it's a little bit more than my capacity to to do especially after having some sort of medical treatment so um but I knew that you wouldn't be able to help me on Wednesday and so I was uh I asked um one of my neighbors and friends who had told me to contact her anytime we needed help Um, and she said well i have an eye doctor appointment but let me call them and maybe i could rearrange it and i was just like oh my gosh no don't don't do that you know it's i'll figure it out i you know worse comes to worse i can i can drive myself but she did. She rearranged her eye doctor appointment and, um, and told me, sleep well tonight. Know you're covered tomorrow. And, and it was an astonishing thing um, to experience for a number of reasons. And I think a lot of the people who are listening to our show are older. I don't think we've got a young audience. What? So. <laughs> So the I, kids love us. <laughs> I got myself a cup of coffee here, and
0: I'm going to take me a sip. Come on,
1: <laughs>
0: they come to us for the wisdom, though. <laughs> ah,
1: they come to us to laugh about the <laughs> fact that older people always talk about health issues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it brought up, uh, even while I was driving with Kathy, because we were talking about about her willingness to do this and how grateful I was and she was telling me how much she loved to do it and I was telling her about this book that I had read by Wendy Lustbader she's a local author she was a gerontologist who uh, worked at the University of Washington I don't know if she still does she was an adjunct um, an adjunct faculty member and I had learned about her through the university uh, newspaper and I've always been interested in gerontology and even in my 20s interestingly when I was talking to Kathy about this author she was telling me that she also has always been interested in gerontology when she was young and that she, um, and that she loved helping older friends. Right now, that she actually drives, uh, drives friends to various things who are in their nineties. She's in her seventies, and we had this lively and wonderful conversation um, because Kathy is a neighbor of ours, and I've always liked her, but. We just haven't had that many occasions to spend uh, a great deal of time together. Right. So the drive down to the South Lake Union's uh, site was fairly long because of uh, traffic. It was the day before Thanksgiving. And she actually knew the area well enough to take the back way uh, and... Which was, uh, I know okay. that way. i could kind of you that way. I know. I think we maybe we should go that way in the future. I don't know. But, um, but it was, uh, lovely talking to her all the way down and learning more about her. And, and, uh, she was talking about her partner and, um, that they both like to do volunteer work. He does a lot of meals on wheels driving. Uh, even though he's older, too. And I was thinking about how the, all these older people are helping other older people. Uh, that's, it's a very interesting situation because we all know our little cadre of uh, elders. We all know what it's like, and, and we help each other maintain a sense of dignity through this process. So anyway, I was telling her about Wendy Lusbader's book, and it's called Counting on Kindness, and it's subtitled The Dilemmas of Dependency. And it was a book that I had given my mom when she was pretty much dependent on her neighbors to make everything happen. And my mom read it like five times and uh, got a great deal out of it. And uh, I just will read a little bit of the preface. It says, This book explores the time of life when we are forced to depend on others for help with our daily survival. To a greater or lesser degree we are always dependent on others, but these contacts are voluntary. We can approach or avoid other people according to our inclinations. But when we can no longer get our own groceries, prepare our own meals, or take care of other necessities on our own, we enter into a period of life that is distinct from all the others. This book highlights that distinctiveness, attempting to portray both its hardships and compensations. The chief consequence of dependency is that we are forced to count on the kindness of others. The vulnerability aroused by this situation awakens the basic questions of our lives. Am I worthy of love and loyalty? Are people capable of true generosity, or do they live mostly for themselves? Since an accident or illness can, at any moment, remove anyone's capacity to function independently, this exploration addresses hopes and fears belonging to all of us. And I love this book for even saying those questions, that that is part of what we go through when we're vulnerable am i worthy of this and are other people truly this generous and and i can say to both of those questions that i have come to the point of thinking yes i am worthy of this in the fact that we are all worthy of this and and i definitely believe in the generosity of others to do things with no other motivation than to help. And Kathy and I had a really deep discussion about this because we ended up having the, the line was backed up, everything was off. And so we Down had to Fred wait Hutch. at yes. Fred Hutch. Yeah. We had to wait an hour of longer than uh, the appointment was set. And when I was being apologetic, she just said, Diane, I'm loving this. I have nowhere to go, and I am loving our conversation. And so we were talking about how, how much we enjoyed helping other people and how it's so difficult to believe that other people are just enjoying helping us. But how she said, you know, when Kirk, her uh, partner, um, takes people to their appointments, sometimes they'll try to pay him and he keeps saying, no, I'm not doing it for that purpose. I I want to do this. This is something I want to do. And I know that the times that I have done things for people, you you don't want them to pay you. You just want to give. And there's a, a benefit in giving and receiving. and. The thing that I love is that you're always in a place of being able to give and always uh, having the risk of having to receive, you know, that it's wonderful and a blessing for the giver. And if the receiver can allow the vulnerability of having to ask, it can be wonderful for the receiver and then it's almost like hand in hand you go right Right. Um, but if the receiver can't accept the benefit of the giving that somebody is just truly doing this because they want to help then it sort of breaks that possibility of intimacy and I sometimes wonder if that is the true problem Of receiving is that you become intimate you do not have to become needy though on that other person if you if you recognize the intimacy that's forming and allow it to occur without being about it you know because that's what I found when when we had this kind of magical experience that was growing out of a frustrating and panicky sense for me but then even the fact that she wrote to me and said sleep well tonight know you're going to be taken care of tomorrow that was a a powerful thing to receive yeah. um and then on the the day that we are doing this she she said, I want to leave really early so that we can get there in time and that there will be no stress. So all the things that I would usually want to do, she wanted to do, too. Yeah. And as we were driving down, I admitted to her that I was feeling like, you know, like this put me in this space of a child who wasn't able to drive herself to the. And she said, I don't like to drive downtown either, but I will do it for other people with less Fear than I do it for myself, and I realized, yeah, I would too.
0: Yeah, because you are put in a position where you recognize that you are more capable than the other person is, and that is in, in its own way kind of empowers you to to be able to do something that you wouldn't necessarily be able to do for yourself.
1: That's why I thought that those two questions that Wendy Lesbader brought up at the very preface of this book and I really uh, recommend it to anybody to anybody because we're all at some point in the point of dependency there is never a person who's just totally um, capable and you know able to do things on all levels no such thing and... as a
0: self made man
1: <laughs> Yeah, definitely not yeah. but I feel like the more as we age that we are able to graciously accept the help that's given to us and recognize that it comes from the same place that we have done these things i think it it allows this this wonderful flow back and forth and that uh, is part of that web of connection that we all have and not to not to place it in, I've got to pay this person back in some way. Although, you know, as the friendship develops, you may want to give them a gift to um, to express your gratitude or whatever. But it isn't that that they're after, and any more than it has ever been for you. So um, I'll tell you, this whole... Um, First, my accident long ago taught me a lot about dependency and the importance of allowing other people to help because truly that is the way that that your intimacy is formed with people. Now, I mean, I've learned so much about Kathy. I learned that she's from Scandinavian background, too. And I was saying, have you ever been to the Nordic Museum? And she said she hadn't. I said, we should go. You know, us two Scandinavian women should go to this, uh, to the Nordic Museum and enjoy it together, just as I did with Tina one time. Mm -hmm. Um, But if I had not allowed this to happen naturally... I wouldn't get to have this remarkable friendship growing. And that just thrills me. And I think about another friendship that was formed out of frustration and, um, and, uh, and helping where I was on the, the giving side when um, my friend Katie uh, had called uh, as a stranger when I was at work about um, this particular task called the training grants that I used to have to do it. It was a horrible process, and um, and I helped her through it. And out of that, uh, as as Katie always said, out of that shit pile, this beautiful <laughs> rose bush grew. You know, yeah. because I got to know Katie uh, from that, and so I just feel like, man. And I heard from Katie this week too, which is remarkable timing just that idea of the the friendships that grow out of giving and receiving it's it's a remarkable thing to think about anyway
0: that's true Diane
1: that's been on my mind a great deal
0: well I've had wonderful conversations with not only the Westminster people but the rocks boys and And uh, we were all treating uh, stories and experiences uh, over Thanksgiving. One of our friends was down with COVID and had to cancel his plans to be with his father and and to be with his book group, and they were going to have this big Thanksgiving feast. He ended up not being able to go to that. Another friend who lives down in Florida now, his wife's sister passed away suddenly, and his wife and his daughter, who was visiting had to suddenly fly up to Spokane so that they could be with her sister as she passed and they were able to be there. And, uh, but he was all by himself on, on Thanksgiving. I don't know if he actually went over to his, uh, sister-in-law and brother's house. I don't know that he would have because of the sister would have been in Spokane also. So, uh, you know, it was just good to have An exchange, And and then uh, my other friends, Paul and Brad, who we probably would have had over here for Thanksgiving dinner if our circumstances had been different.
1: Well, Brad was down in Oregon. Brad was, yeah,
0: he had to go to Oregon to help his daughter move into her new apartment. So that's where he was. And and Paul had a group of friends on Bainbridge Island that he went and spent uh, Thanksgiving with. So he had a glorious time. He sent out a picture of him on the ferry boat heading over to Bainbridge. And and uh so it was just a a great week of communication or, with family and i ended up i ended up having two thanksgiving feasts one with my son and his mom up in ebert and one with you back here at home so it was kind of a a unique but good day it was the first thanksgiving after, since my mom passed and so i felt a little i was a little squishy because of that and i thanked Jake and his mom for letting me, uh, for giving me a, a sense of family connection on Thanksgiving, this first one since my mom passed. So I don't know. It was kind of a challenging but magical.
1: And I was invited to that too. You I were. Know. But, yes. uh, but I, I've been having um, this dip in energy around 3 o'clock every day and that was going to be right in the middle of that. And I particularly was going to that day because I had gotten up from my Pilates and so I'd gotten up at four thirty and I was thinking, there's no way I'm gonna have the energy to do it. So I napped (sighs) on Thanksgiving until you got home and at dinner.
0: So Yeah. It was it's been interesting. And I uh I went to the open mic at the Cooth Buzzard again and uh, read some old manhood and had really had good responses to it. A couple of people came up to me after and said they really liked the, the themes and stuff that I was talking about. A couple came up to me and invited me to this other open mic that happens twice a month um, that they thought I would fit into nicely, so I'm going to go to that on Monday. And, and uh, I don't know, it's just been kind of lots of lots of unexpected fruitfulness coming out of things that are it's really challenging for me pardon me i'm going to have another drink of coffee to get up and be in front of people without my guitar for me, you know boy without having that That's good coffee little magic thing that i can do uh to be able to uh, you know you know just start a song and and uh wow people with that
1: or whatever well i've always had a theory that that it's a little easier to have something in front of you um
0: it's like a shield
1: like a shield you know like even i've always wondered this is just a theory of mine but i've often wondered whether when you're having a drink with other people whether just having the glass in front of you or a cigarette or something is is a little bit of a barrier you know that makes you feel a little bit more at ease because right. you know
0: people i didn't know you smoked
1: i don't <laughs> and drank. i don't drink yeah. either yeah. but that's why i'm not worried about the... no
0: barriers yes
1: well i'm not worried about the intimacy level and i think that that's
0: but you're, you're... it are it's registers i mean your own, one's own uh, it's lovely to respond to someone's vulnerability with help but it's harder to be the vulnerable one asking yeah. for the help or even needing the help you know and recognizing that you can't do it uh, by and for yourself anymore uh, that's uh, that's a tough threshold to cross i think for anybody
1: you know well and that's why i feel like i'm almost getting practice at it because it's going to get worse over time you know so I always feel like, or most likely will, and I just feel like the more practice you can have, I feel like I've had a couple of times now that I've gotten a healthy dose of practice in in asking others for help. And I think the, the main thing that I recognized is when people say they want to help, they do. Yeah. So let them. And uh, I always feel like... Um, I could have asked Michelle too, our across the street neighbor. I could have asked some other friends. Yeah, you've got, um,
0: a, you've got a long list of people that you could call. But,
1: follow. but I thought, well, Kathy has really wanted to help me out, and um, and so I'm going to allow that this time and see what happens. Just um, see what what she's able to to do at last minute's notice, so, um, I'm sure glad that, that I had asked her, because, first of all, since she's lives so close, I or if she lives in our complex, I don't feel like I'm taking her way out of the way, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. the other friends that have, and maybe some of you who have offered to help, because I know that there are people who listen who have offered to help me, um... If it was way out of the way, it would make me feel a little bit more oogly.
0: A little bit more. What was that again? Oogly. Oogly? Oogly. Oogly. Let me look that up real quick. Uh, Yeah.
1: I wanted to also say that I really enjoyed uh, the fact that we heard from several listeners um, about their first political... uh, Memories mm. i I just really enjoyed um the different memories that everybody had uh, Mark had commented on the the site so you can read his, but I got a couple by text and email that I really enjoyed, mm. including one, and I don't know whether I, I haven't asked for permission to done done to mention the name but i'll just say a good friend of ours wrote so political first memories i believe for me are harry truman saying damn in a radio broadcast not long after his upset election thought he was pretty great for president on radio and then in newspaper to swear then when macarthur challenged his orders he brought him home and fired him most folks took MacArthur's side but that would have prolonged the war into a Vietnam or that most recent not a war but really was a war I just thought that was so fascinating you know there are different things that you learn about uh, about people through their um, through the area answers to those sorts of questions wow I, I would actually love to hear more uh, from everybody if they felt so inclined about what their feelings are towards dependency. That's, um, Because I think most of us want to be on the giving side. Right.
0: But, it's tougher to be on the vulnerable side.
1: But I've got to say, it's full circle. There's a real rich and bountiful feeling when you can allow both. 'Cause I'll tell you, I really love being on the giving side yeah. and have enjoyed that that yeah. purpose. But now that I'm in the receiving and I see how marvelous the the full circle of human interaction is. And it makes me think of a circle in a very real way, you know, the you're giving, you're receiving, you're giving, you're receiving and like um I feel like I have all these Kathys in this episode, but my friend Kathy that I first talked about that was on the phone with me, was a different Kathy than different the one that... Yeah, I have a lot
0: of... should I mentioned that earlier.
1: I have a lot of friends named Kathy.
0: We'll put up a, a diagram of them. You know.
1: But my my friend Kathy, who I spoke to on the phone, who I've known for a long time, she, uh, she said that she really enjoyed... Um, my comments about how much you'd help me through this period of time. But she said, but you also have helped Bill through his issues, too. And that's the whole thing. That's the the giving and receiving and the, yeah. and the full circle that always goes around. So it's sort of funny because when you were in the giving spot, you'd just be like, ah, oh, it's nothing, you know? But to the person on the receiving side, it is not... Nothing. Nothing. It's huge. And um, I'm just deeply appreciative of that. So the music today... Yes. um, I would like Bill to put in a few little clips because um, because there are three songs, one of them that I've chosen... uh, by Paul Simon, and they're all on the same album called So Beautiful and So What or So What? Um, Though, but two of the songs didn't make the 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 song of the day, but they had these little clips that were so uh, representative of the week for me. And one of the the clips is about what we've been talking about um for dependency that i was thinking about it uh because paul simon has this <laughs> this part of a song called rewrite that says
2: i've been working at the car wash i consider it my day job cause it's really not a paid job but that's where I am everybody says the old guy working at the car wash hasn't got a brain cell left since vietnam but i say help me help me help me help me thank you i had no idea that you were there when i said help me help me help me help me thank you for listening
1: to That is representative of my whole week, (laughs) right in a nutshell. And also, I just love the title song of this album, So Beautiful or So What, because there is this feeling, especially when you're going through the difficulties and the frustrations of, uh, of a day, especially like the day I had on... Tuesday when I smashed the bowl and had all these difficulties in getting to where I needed to go and just having, um, quite frankly, the frustration of not, uh, well, I, I want to say the disappointment of not being able to go to this this beautiful hospital that I truly loved and felt at home in and then having to go to this more urban setting and don't know what I'm doing there it's not as nice a facility just visually although I had all my same technicians which meant a lot to me I recognized all the people but but I don't know my way around there yet and there were rules there that were different than the rules at the other place so um, when you're encountering all the uh, uh, the frustrations that go on um, there really is this, this uh, attitude that you can take. Is it so beautiful? Is life so beautiful or is it so what? And I, I really felt that, um, that dilemma this week.
2: I'm going to tell my kids a bedtime story A play without a fluff. Will it have a happy ending? Maybe, yeah Maybe not. I tell them life is what you make of it.
1: made the the day song for the day is dazzling blue which also has something to do with that same idea of do you feel like you're under the magic or not you know and it's my affirmation that I do that I feel like my my life is blessed by this dazzling blue you know of life and I also thought it was interesting because it talks about a CAT scan eye in one of the lines. And I'm going to be having a CAT scan this week to see, uh, to make sure that a few little minute nodules on my lungs were not anything to worry about. So...
2: the dum the dik ta world's apart on a rainy afternoon but the road gets dirty and it offers no resistance so turn your amp up and play your lonesome tune maybe love's an accident or destiny is true with you highway and walked away